Romans, Romans, Romans. If you would turn in your Bibles or a gadget to Romans chapter 16, the last chapter of Romans. Anybody excited? We're finishing Romans today. Hey, give it up for that, huh? We're going to finish it. Uh, excited to, to bring this all home after many, 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 many months of uh, getting into the book of Romans. We're going to finish it today. I have no idea what I'm preaching next week, uh, but we're finishing Romans today. Next week is the holiday weekend. For those of you who are here, come and enjoy that. It'll be a one-off sermon on uh, anything I want to preach on, I guess. And then the following week, we kick off a series that'll go at least eight weeks in the book of Ephesians. I'm excited about that. So um, interestingly enough, the uh, elders have met and we, we uh, were working with a, an individual that we're talking to about the potential assistant pastor role. And uh, we had a personality assessment done on me and on him. And then we compared the two to make sure we're a good fit. But in the middle of learning about my personality, uh, the person that's taking us through this had a line in there that says, you are a communicator. I'm like, yes. And then it said, and you use many, many words to do it. <laughs> And I stopped him. I'm like, you called my wife, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, that sounds like something she would tell him. But anyways, it's been a long time in this book of Romans. And Paul and I have some things in common. I think Paul and I like to use lots of words. And we repeat ourselves a lot. So I guess I get along with Paul pretty well. Before we get into this message, while you're finding Romans 16, we're going to do a mini quick uh uh, what do they call Fireside chats. I'm not going to sit down. We're not going to put the fire on the screen, but I brought the Bic lighter. There we go. So it's just a mini. It's just a mini fireside chat. And while I'm doing this, could you guys turn the house lights on a little bit? Turn it on message lights for me because I love to see their faces. Love to be able to talk to you while I'm communicating. A uh, couple of quick things. Just some things to celebrate. I'm so excited. There are stuff getting done around here. If you had driven by the church this week on any given day, there were three contractors here. It was exciting. We replaced one of the ailing, dying, thankfully, Mike, uh, who goes to our church, he's been cobbling that, that HVAC unit for years with Band-Aids, bubblegum, and anything he can, keeping it working, uh, but we've, we replaced it this past week, new HVAC for our classrooms and office thing. That's a good one. Excited about that. The monies that are, are coming in from that are from the fact that we've paid off all our debts and now we're taking the money we were paying to our loans and we're paying ourselves. And so by the end of the year, not right now, but by the end of the year, we'll have that HVAC paid off with that, which is exciting. And then, I don't know if you noticed, I'm so excited, we have new drinking fountains. Did you notice the new drinking fountains? No more garbage bags over the thing saying COVID was here. We're done with that, right? Amen. And not only are the drinking fountains, they're the, the, the fancy new save the world bottle thing. So you can put your bottle there, uh, your Nalgene bottle that you keep with you. You can keep refilling that and stuff. So uh, I'm excited. Both upstairs and downstairs, that's happening. And then um, we are close, hopefully within a week or two from getting the basement youth room, kitchenette kind of finished and plumbed in. We're excited about lots and lots has been happening that we're excited about. Today, another thing to be excited about, we are having baptism and it's going to be after the service. Uh, I'm going to close the service by inviting our parents to go ahead and leave and get their kids. Um, and then that'll get you a chance to get out while the, the team will come up and they'll close us in a song while the parents are picking up the children. And then, um, 
we're all going to, after the closing song, we're all going to go right outside onto the lawn. I encourage you not to leave because it's a great thing to watch people uh, take this step of, of faith and say, I'm with Jesus. And it would be encouraging to them and their families. And so stick around. It won't take long. We've got two teenagers today, which excites me. Two teenagers are following the Lord in baptism today. So stick around. It won't take long. Probably about five minutes after we're done singing, we'll start that and we'll be able to enjoy that baptism service. And then for the life of me, I think there's something else, but I'm forgetting. Oh, there is something. No doubt. It's on the screen. Today is your last day to order these shirts. Now, this shirt is an annual shirt, and it's a fundraiser for Stand Ministries. And they have the annual T... Oh, come on. Dr. Nelly. I'm just going to call him Shrek. Dr. Shrek. That helps, right? Dr. Shrek Memorial Walk happens, and that, that is an event. But you don't have to go to that event in order to buy this shirt. I've already bought mine. I got mine in black, of course. Got my wife in blue. And uh, we got our shirts ordered. So if you take that little QR code, you can uh, get that and go right there and order your shirt, have it delivered right to your house. That's just a way to encourage the stand strengthening. But I do encourage you to come to the walk, which is happening in September. More information is available, but please, if you can, join uh, them for that out there at the Rochester something park. So... Municipal Park. Yep. So you, you can join them and that would be encouragement to them and for you, of course. And then again, last night, uh, some of us from Oakwood went out to the uh, Amplify Ministry fundraiser. Remember when Ross was here talking about the farm in Flint and they had a cornhole tournament and uh, we, you know, Jeff Moore said, I'll be your partner, which surprised me because Jeff Moore and I had been cornhole partners and we always lose. We're no good at all. Um, and, and I'm like, well, that's fine. I'm not going to play cornhole. I don't care about cornhole. Um, and, and I was excited to get there and do the tour. They, they're doing a tour of the facilities and they had a taco truck. I'm like, this is good. I'm going to get a tour and a taco. What's better than that? Jeff and I kept winning. We kept winning. We're, we're beating people we had no business beating. And I'm like, Jeff, if we keep winning, I'm never going to get a taco. And, and we went all the way to the end. I think we lost to the people who won the tournament. I never got a tour. I never got a taco. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I was there for the ministry, end up just battling out with with cornhole. But anyways, it was a great night. And those of you who are interested in that, we're going to keep you informed about Amplify Ministry and the progress of that ministry farm. So, all right, I think I'm ready. Let me take a deep breath and another sip of coffee. You guys love hearing about my woes, don't you? Thank you. Hi. I'm so excited that Oakwood Road is open now. I mean, it's been an awful summer, yeah. Those of us West Enders that live on the other side of Hadley Road, you know what I'm talking about. I'm, if I had to drive on Hummer Lake one more time, the front end of my truck was going to come right out of my truck. And it's dirty. I hate my truck being dirty. It's always dirty. So they opened it up early, and I've been so excited. And I knew that that meant that I was going to ride my Harley this morning. I haven't, haven't touched my Harley because I'm not riding it on dirt. And so it's been in the garage the whole season. And, you know, I was so excited. I got up this morning, friends. I got the boots on, the leather, the helmet, my gloves, go out there, my Harley won't start. The battery died. I did the walk of shame to take off the leather. So sad. I'll get over it. Pray for your pastor. My fault. I should have put it on the tender. I didn't put it on the tender. So, but we're okay. I'm good. You're good. We all good. Amen. Too blessed to be stressed. All right. Let's pray us in this morning. Would you pray this prayer? 
just, just say, Father God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. Just give that prayer silently to God. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. And God, we pray that you would be glorified. God, we pray that everyone listening to this would be edified. And we pray that Satan would be horrified. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans 16, let's do the whole chapter. Stay with me. You promise you'll stay with me? Say yes, PD. Uh, let's read it. I'm going to read it out loud. You listen, Romans 16, 1 through 27. I commend you to our sister Phoebe, a deacon or servant of the church in Centuria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her as many, uh, give her any help she may need from you. For she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla, Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Jesus Christ. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the church of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Adronicus and Junia, or Juna, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles and are, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, my dear friend Statues. Greet Apelles, who, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphenia and Tryphosa. Those women who work very hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a, a mother to me too. Greet Asyncritus, Flygon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermes, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philologus. Julia, Nerus, and his sister Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, sir. I rejoice because of you, but I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my co-worker, sends his greetings. So do Lucius, Jason, and Sosipeder, my fellow Jews. I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church in, here enjoy, sends you his greetings. Erastus, who is the city's director of public works, and our brother Quartus send you their greetings. Now to him who is able to establish you in, the, in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen.
done. We did it. We have read through every verse in the book of Romans, and it's been a great walk through this. We could have taken a lot more time. Uh, some of the people that I love to listen, uh, the old timers preached through this, took years to preach through the book of Romans, usually one verse at a time, sometimes half a verse at a time. So I didn't go that slow. And I could have broken this probably into three sermons, but we're done. We're like, let's move on, right? And uh, what are you going to preach in a closing of a letter? It's a letter. You can see now, I mean, we might forget while we're in the middle of Romans. I mean, it's an incredible, it's the, it's the climax to the denouement of his work of art, of literature. He, he did an incredible job writing the gospel. And we forget that it's a personal letter to people. And then we see it now, we come to the last thing and it's all the farewells, right? Then all the crazy names of people that I really messed up. And, and can you imagine being these people? They had no idea they were going to be immortalized forever. You know, I bet you there was a lot of other people that if they knew their name was going to be written in the holy book of the word, they probably would have went and been nice to Paul. You know, I want in the word, I want in that letter. And, and here's a bunch of names and you really start to see something that I think is worth talking about. Yeah, it's a closing of a letter, but it's more than that. Today, we're going to learn about greetings, guidance, and glory. Greetings, guidance, and glory. Let's talk about the greetings first. What are we going to get out of all these names? I did some math. It was hard, but I spent some time. I see 34 people listed. I don't know. There's, <laughs> I've read so many documents, and some, some people say there's 32. I don't know. You can count. Correct me if you think I'm wrong. Um, but I, I see 34 names in this letter. Some uh, are people that he's thanking. Some are people that he's sending greetings from as he's closing out. But what do we get from this? Why would God include this in the Holy Scriptures? Why? I think what we see here, it's all in the family. It's a family. And I don't want you to leave Romans without understanding that we see in this closing evidence of sweet relationships. Don't, don't let this pass you. We're a family. I often write it in my letters, say it in our motto of the church, we're growing a great Family, And I address you as the great family at Oakwood. All churches want to do that, right? But we know that that doesn't always take place. We know that we fail. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm honest as your pastor. I want to say we fail at times to do everything that we're called to do to be the family of God. Uh, some people desire more and we don't give them that and they move on and we apologize. It's just a reality. But we do desire to be a great family at Oakwood. I would encourage you uh, to be a friend. You need to be a friend. So I, I do think it is a two-way street, and you need to put yourself out some in order to connect with the family. If you feel disconnected, please just let us know so we can help you before you get mad and, and, and leave for another opportunity. We want to be a family. We see in scripture that as Paul was writing this deep theology, he also recognized dear friends, sweet relationships that had formed. I mean, Paul had an awesome opportunity. They traveled all over the place. How many of you travel for work or travel a lot just in general, right? Those of you who travel around, you know people, don't you, in different places. You just, you get to know people when you travel, 
Julie and I have really been in three ministries, uh, one in Battle Creek that lasted 20 years, five years for Vision for Youth as we traveled and did some things, and then here at Oakwood. But we still have dear friends. When we think of Battle Creek, we think of dear friends. It was just a couple weeks ago that one of those people showed up at church all the way from the west side of the state. They just drove all the way over to to be here, and uh, we got to take him out to lunch. His name is Ron. Uh, It's just fun to have dear friends. You'll hear Paul talk about Rome, and he'll talk about Corinth, but it's not the place, it's the people, amen? It's the people. And Paul, because of his position... And his love for the church all throughout Asia, he has friends, dear friends. When I think of Battle Creek, I don't think of Kellogg's. I know that when you, you don't go over to West Side much, you think, oh, Battle Creek, oh, that's Kellogg's. And there's some cool things about Kellogg's. I mean, uh, you know, literally we would have that smell of the, uh, what's, what's Kellogg's, Cocoa Puffs or... It, it, the chocolate one is just incredible. I, when they're doing the chocolate cereal, that in Post, we have Post and Kellogg's in, in Battle Creek. Uh, and when they make this, and Fruity Pebbles, oh my goodness, when they make Fruity Pebbles, it's amazing, the smell. You know, but when I think of Battle Creek, I don't say, oh, oh the smell of chocolate in the air. No, I, I think of dear friends. Dear friends that we were in the trenches together. Chris and Kevin. <laughs> Working on Fright Night out in the woods. Dear people that we spent time with and we still love to this day. And then our our short five years with Vision for Youth, we lost Mel Walker, the director of Vision for Youth, died. What a loss that was. Dear, dear friend. And now we're here for eight years, going on nine years. Yesterday, I had Jeff pick me up to go to the Amplify Cornhole Tournament, and we got to drive together. And in our drive, Jeff is one of our elders here at the church. Jeff, being a good elder, said, Pastor, what, what's your favorite thing about being a pastor? Is it the preaching? I said, I love to preach. I love to preach. And I thought about it for a second. I said, but I love the people. I mean, it's you. It's you. It's you that we love. And the relationships that have been formed, uh, some through uh, working hard on projects and different things. Uh, Jim Spezia, I don't want to give him too much. He, he, he's a good, dear friend. And, and Jim, Jim Spezia doesn't work for Oakwood. We don't pay him. Don't tell him he deserves to be paid. But he's here. He's here almost every day. Working with him in the basement for the last couple weeks. And, and I know that if we moved on some, somewhere else, that I'd probably be standing up talking about Jim Spezia back in this place called Ortonville. And that's just one name out of hundreds here that we so dearly love. My wife posted a picture. Uh, it's somebody, thinking it's probably one of you guys, but somebody had made a little rock thing in our mulch beside our house. I think it's a dragonfly or something, and there's a rock that says blessings on it, you know, and, and I'm like, uh, that's beautiful. When did they do that? Who did that? When did they sneak up on our house and do that? But dear, dear people and dear, dear memories. 
I see this sweet relationship here and I, I don't want to overdo it. I, I really read a whole bunch about these people and there's, there's actually a lot you, you can know if you want to study further. I put something on the back of your notes that might be helpful. What's really cool about this list of people is the studies have revealed who they are, most of them who they are. And it's, it's really kind of cool that Romans 14, throughout Romans, you know, you have Paul saying there's neither male or female, slave or free, Jew or Gentile, rich or poor. This list is a who's who of all those people. I mean, it wasn't just a theory for Paul. In Christ, we are all under the blood. In Christ, we're on level playing field. And in Christ, there is no male or female or slave or free or Jew or Gentile, rich and poor. And in this list, he's got a list of people who are on all spectrums of that scale. Unbelievable for the time it was written, how many women are lauded. Those people who say the Bible is cruel to women, I, I just can't understand that. Paul lifts up women. At the, and let me just tell you, men, you better pay attention because out of all the women that are listed and all the men that are listed here, he only gave four commendations of people who worked very hard. All of them were women. Not a one man did he say worked very hard. Amen, women? Paul recognized the women of the church who were leaders and servants and ministers. Now I have to tell you, in today's age, it's really easy to backfill what Paul meant. So many people make a big deal that in certain versions of Romans 16, uh, I believe in the, in the NIV, it even uses the word deacon there. We are backfilling the meaning of deacon on many, many, many years ago. Honestly, and as truthfully as I can tell you, the word here, deaconus, simply means servant. That's why the ESV and other versions simply say, Phoebe, a servant of the church. But I, I want to tell you, friends, I don't care where you stand on women's role in the church, whether they can serve as deacons or whether they can serve as... I really don't care about that. You can have your own opinions. Let's go back to Romans 14, right? You can have your own strong view between you and the Lord and then keep it there, all right? We don't need to argue about this. My position is very clear as I read all of Paul's teaching. I don't believe Phoebe was in a leadership role, a office of the church. But let's not miss the fact she clearly is an incredible leader in the church and a servant. Some people read that first verse, say Phoebe was a deacon, and then later he says uh, she benefited me, she benefited others, she's a benefactor. And some people go as far as to say she was the first female pastor. She was Paul's pastor. I'm just going to tell you, nonsense. I'm just going to tell you, that was nonsense. Let me tell you what's actually happening here in the final chapter. Phoebe is the one bringing the letter. They did not have U.S. mail. John didn't bring the mail. Sorry, John. Um, and Rome did, by the way. Rome had a mail service. I should make sure you know that. At the time, they actually had a, a mail service, but not for the Jews and, and the Gentiles, not for the Christians. It wasn't, it wasn't going to work that way. So Paul's letters always were hand-delivered to these churches. And in the beginning of the closing, he sends a little commendation to the person bearing the letter. And that's why he takes a whole verse to commend Phoebe. And she is important. Please don't miss that. 
She's an incredible, important role that Paul trusted her with the letter. But he, he sends his commendation because typically when you showed up and nobody knows who you are, you got to have some stuff, you know, some credentials. And so Paul helps Phoebe out by saying, hey, she delivered this letter. Take good care of her. Make sure you give her a place to stay. There's no hotels. Right. There's no um, there's no making a reservation on kayak and then getting there. And, you know, no, no. She, she sent from Corinth, uh, actually nine miles outside of Corinth in that that little port city. And she delivers this letter. And Paul is saying, here's Phoebe. Boy, is she incredible. She's a dynamo. That's why we sent her. And she's a her. I want to make sure you understand today. I personally don't believe from looking at Paul's letters about the qualifications of pastors and elders that that women are to be in that role but i'm not against people who are there's no reason to be hateful we we disagree but that does not mean that women are diminished let me remind you what the role of deacon is anyway (laughs) all of our deacons would be like let them have it they can have the role because it is work there is no sitting back in plush chairs in a role of honor as a deacon at, at Oakwood. These are, Jim's here every day, fixing stuff and painting stuff and doing stuff. And it's work, it's serving, it's serving, it's serving. It's serving. The word deacon means servant. Later on, they called on specific, they were all men, they called on men to come be in the office of deacon to do some specific work on behest of the church. But that does not mean women are diminished. Let me just tell you, the role of deacon is not a role of highest honor. It's the role of lowest of all. It's servant of all. It's hard worker. It's it's those who serve the church. Can women serve the church? Yes. Yes, they do serve the church. Can they lead? Absolutely. As, As elders of your church, we would let women lead in many capacities. It's not too far from me to let you know that three women led us in worship today. They let out and helped us in worship. Praise the Lord for that. I have a missionary friend in Berlin. She's a single young lady. And if she were to come and tell me she was coming this way, I would let her preach in this pulpit. I have no problem with that. I think we're... We're so caught up in today's culture wanting to backfill scripture. And I have no problem with letting you know the Bible is an incredible book for its time to be able to laud women in detail like it does here. If you were to take these women out of this passage after being commended for their very hard work, what do you have? You got a letter that's stuck in jail because nobody brought it. All right, we wouldn't be having this series in Romans if Phoebe didn't get on it and go and make this delivery. The last thing I'm going to say about this, and you don't have to agree with me on this. Back in the time the Bible was written, the church was not a popular thing. We're becoming less popular today. I mean, we're still kind of okay in the communities. Communities are putting up with us. But trust me, in the world today, more and more people are saying, what do we have churches for? Why do they get tax exempt status? There's people that are starting to turn against the church instead of like, we need the church. And by the way, some of that's on us, right? Does our community need us? What are we doing in our community that if we weren't here next week, that would stop in our community. We've got to think about that. It's a two-way street. But the world is not lifting up churches and pastors like they used to. Ugh. 
And without the women that Paul mentioned and their hard work, a lot of these things wouldn't be done. There's a sweet, sweet relationship. Phoebe's definitely one, and she should be lifted up as an incredible leader female in the church. However, we don't have to say she was a pastor. We don't have to infer from this that she was in some way uh, on a board of any kind at a church. She was a tireless servant, a minister, which you all are ministers, and all of you are servants. All of you are diconos. Priscilla and Aquila, I don't want you to miss this, by the way, uh, Prisca, Priscilla, is the female. Very crazy that Paul would put uh, the wife and then the husband in this couple. He lauded her first. He lifts up women constantly. Nine out of the 26 named are female. Four, Four of the women are the ones to be flattered with worked very hard. Junius, we're still not sure. Nobody's figured out if it was Junius or Junia. Could be a male, could be female. We don't know. Then he gives some other names that are common names of slaves. And you'll see them there in orange on the back of your sheet. And then you got the grandson of Herod the Great. Herodias is mentioned. Whoa. I mean, you talk about a passage that thanks the rich and the wealthy as well as the low and the, the, the slaves of the time. Wow. All of them are important to the church. So many people, I feel bad the most for Narcissus. What a terrible name. Hey, welcome my friend Narcissistic, you know. Uh, uh, A lot of times, most of you'll see, some of the names are familiar because they're named after gods. Uh, This is in Rome. And so a lot of these people, they might have come to Christ and their families aren't. And so you see all these different people. What does it matter? Well, it kind of matters when you think of how eclectic the church is. How it was at the beginning and how it is today. Made up of people. You know, some, some of you have higher status and more finances. Some of you don't. We got male. We got female. We got all different types. And you know what? That's what's beautiful about the family of God. We're all under the blood. We're all equal under the blood. And all of this, I would just say, we need to not be caught up in the world's structure of who's the greatest, who's got the most power. Because the Bible tells us fairly clearly, the last will be first and the first will be last. Those who aspire uh, to the role of pastor in order to be in charge, man, let me just tell you, don't do it. Don't do it. If you're not called to it, it's not worth it, right? I mean, but you're called to it, it's the right thing and the right fit. But can I just tell you, as the pastor, some of you who think of the, you know, the role, like, a, you know, the, some kind of a pyramid, it's not. It's not. I, of all people, am the lowest at Oakwood. I am the servant of all. And then we got deacons who serve and elders, but then the people we're all in this together and there's not a hierarchy. There's not a, you, you know, some of you might think, you know, I, I put in my time. How come I'm not in a role of, you know, serve. At the end of the day, what I would say to all of you, serve, serve. Lead, serve, love. That's what we're called to do. And Paul points that out. All right. And then I don't know where, don't you love that? This is so classic. 
he's wrapping up the letter. He's pretty much already said it all. And then I don't know if he was the first one, but we get, we get one of the original PS. You ever get the PS in the letter? PS, you know, uh, you're a college student, you know, you talk about all the things. PS, send money, right? Uh, there's postscript. I'm going to, I'm going to, Paul, are we surprised that we're already at the end and Paul couldn't help himself out of nowhere? Paul, you just kind of wrapped it up. We're done out of nowhere. And I'm going to preach a message right in the middle of this closing, right? And what does he say? After he says, greet one another with a holy kiss. I want to talk about that. <laughs> it's cultural. Some of it's cultural. You know, we don't do that in America. We're not very good at that. But I dare you to go to Sao Paulo, Brazil. Oh, if you go to Sao Paulo, Brazil, and you go to church, you're getting kissed. Everybody. I remember the first time I'm in Sao Paulo with uh, 2018s on a missions trip and our leaders, we get to church early. And the first people start showing up. And, and these, these ladies start coming in. And they're like, ah. And, and he goes, um, I'm like, oh, you know, and then all of a sudden this burly dude hadn't shaved. He's like, hey, I'm like, ah, you know, whiskers. I don't know. I got kissed by everybody in the culture. They just kissed. And I'm like, well, that's just not our culture. We, we need to take a look at that and say, what does that mean? Greet each other warmly. Right? Whatever warmly is for your culture, greet each other warmly. All right? I know the teens love this. They're like, praise the Lord. Pastor told us we need to kiss everybody. No. Greet each other warmly. And all the churches send greetings. Close it, Paul. Just close it. It's like my wife. She, she would stand at the back and she'd, she'd be like, land the plane, Pastor. Stop talking. Land the plane. He's almost landed the plane and now he takes off again. And he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you've learned. One last note of instruction, right? Paul had to do it. Couldn't help himself. Here's his one directive. Watch out. If you look at it, he's saying, be aware, right? I mean, have you ever, have you ever been on a ball field or somewhere and, and you got that awful thing, you hear somebody yell, duck! I don't know about you, but my first reaction is never to duck. My first reaction is, what's coming? You know? <laughs> yeah. But this is, Paul's like, watch out! Hey, pay attention! Eyeballs here, we're gonna, you gotta keep guard! That's what he's warning them. And he gives two things that we're to watch out for. Number one, people who cause divisions. Somewhere in Paul's mind, he's just named so many people. And I think pastorally, fatherly, he thought of the people, and he might have thought of some of the problems they had faced from other supposed Christians. And he just gives one last P.S. He's like, hey, hey, Watch out for people who tear things down. Don't follow those people. Don't let people rip down what's been built up. Some people love that. Some people aren't satisfied until there's a fire. Some people aren't satisfied until the whole thing's chaos. And you might run into people from time to time that have nothing but negativity to say. This is wrong. This isn't good. This should be better. You know, and there's probably some truth to what they're saying. But let me just tell you, stop listening and following. It's so easy to lead a rebellion. I think that's what Paul's thinking. He thought about all these dear people that he loves and he thought, oh, I can't be there yet and I'm worried about them. And so he just ends by telling them, don't listen to the negatives. Don't listen to those tear down people. And I would urge you that as your pastor, 
you're going to hear people that just like to say, well, you know, uh, boy, things are good at Oakwood. Yeah, I know. But did you, did you know? Did you know the pastor rides a Harley? I don't know. He's questionable, you know, and, and just little little barbs. And, and they're so easy. Can I just tell you, I have no respect for people who just complain because that's so easy. Sit in the leadership role someday and see how fun that is. It's easy to lead a rebellion. It's hard to be a real leader. And Paul says, hey, watch out. There are people who love to tear it down. And then he says, there's also people who like to add spiritual burdens. I think he was thinking of both in one, but I took them apart just to make some more depth to that. People who cause divisions and people who add spiritual burdens. You can cause divisions by adding spiritual burdens to people that Christ did not put on them. Specifically, we do know from his teaching, Paul's concern that we've got the Jews and the Gentiles and some of the Jewish believers want to add the rules and burdens before Christ's death on the cross. They want to add those in extra biblical things for people who aren't under the law. And I think that's what's on his mind here. But in general, two things. Watch out for people who just are negative and mean spirited. Uh, Stay off Facebook. I mean, friends, oh, it's just a place of, of all the social media. I don't know why. I, it's just a place of complaint. You know, everybody loves to complain, 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 tear it down, tear it down, tear it down. I'm a little, I'm a little defensive for people in leadership roles. I find myself, every time I hear somebody tearing down, it's their fault. It's their fault. And anytime anything bad happens, somebody's got to lose their job. And, and maybe you're part of that crowd that is like, yeah, we got to have a pound of flesh. We got to have some blood. Man, people, it's hard to lead. And when a tragedy strikes, it's a tragedy. Let's remember what words mean. Tragedies are tragedies. We don't have to go find somebody to fire them and beat them up and run them out of town. And that's just in the world. In the church, it should have no place. Attacks and anger and bitterness shouldn't, shouldn't be here. And then we should be careful about people maybe that are young in the Lord and adding burdens to them spiritually that Christ never put on them. So Paul gave guidance. We're not surprised. And then he ends his whole book with God's glory. So we had Paul's greeting, Paul's guidance, and now he ends with God's glory. Everybody say glory. Doxa. The word doxa means glory. Allergy. It's from Logos, which means the word. And so uh, a doxology is a word of praise. Be ready, because we're going to talk about that in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us, I'm cheating, I shouldn't give you a look, but we are doxological people. Isn't that a great term? You are a doxological person. What does that mean? We give glory to God. God's glory is important. And Paul wraps the whole book up. Let me just read it. At the end, he says, Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith, to the only wise God be glory. Everybody say glory. Forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. It's all about the glory of God. Romans was all about the glory of God. Can we remember? Let's take a quick stroll. This is PD's PS. Back in Romans 3.23, 
Paul taught us, for all have sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. The glory of God is perfection. He who made all things loved us enough to set his son. We fall short of this perfection of God. The beautiful thing is that God says, I have a way for you to reclaim my glory. I have a way. I have a path. And Paul, the whole book of Romans was to declare the path back to the glory of God. So in Romans 3, 23, we learn that we all fall short. In Romans 5, 1 through 2, Paul says, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. All throughout Romans, you see that Paul is letting us know, without God, without Christ, we are absent of the glory of God. We're separated from his glory. But through faith... We have partaken once again in the glory of God. It's a beautiful thing. He's our supreme hope. In Romans eleven thirty six, Paul says, and by the way, Romans eleven thirty six was the end of the major section. Romans twelve was a whole new section, and so he's wrapping up his first wrap up. And he said, "For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever." Amen. Everybody say glory. Say it like my good friend, Pastor Spencer. Don't just say glory. It's just like when we say John three sixteen. We don't say, for God so loved the world. No, we say, for God so loved the world. And when we get to glory, we don't just say glory. Don't say glory. Mm-hmm. Don't say glory. When we say glory, we go, glory. You got to hang on that G for a little bit, people. Glory. Ready? One, two, three. Glory. The glory of God. He is the ultimate origin, the ultimate power, the ultimate supremacy. We see this in the whole book. We're we're learning how all people, every person, can be returned to the glory of God through Jesus Christ. We're saved for God's glory, not yours. We're saved for the glory of God. It brings God honor and glory to have a life reclaimed. Not only are we saved for God's glory, we're welcomed into his family for his glory. And that's how Paul kind of wrapped things up. He wrapped things up by saying, God gets the glory and we get the joy. We're not the glory. God gets the glory and we get the joy. And you're welcomed into a family. And that's what Paul shows us. It's about relationships. And that brings God glory. That's why... Paul ended by saying, watch out for divisions. Divisions shouldn't overtake people. Don't be overtaken by division. That doesn't bring God the glory. I know that in scripture, even Paul himself had divisions with Barnabas. And through that, God spread the gospel even further. Somehow we kind of use that as a proof text. for People that love causing divisions probably use that as a proof text. See? I'm causing problems so that we can double our efforts. No, no. But even God uses our divisions at times, like Paul and Barnabas. How much better would it be for him to use our unity, amen? How much better would it be if the great family at Oakwood serves a great and mighty God, and that's our focus? I'll have the team come up as I give the conclusion 
Let me give the conclusion, then we'll dismiss the parents to get the kids. The conclusion is simply this. Love God, love people. Say it with me. Love God, love people. Romans taught us how much we should love God for what he's done. Oh, what he's done, what he's done. All the glory and the honor to the Son. We're singing that next week. That's part of our worship set next Sunday. Oh, we ought to love God. And how do we love God? Well, we love God through worship and praise and different things like that. Serving, giving, all the wonderful things we can do. But we also love God by loving people. All people are created in the image of God. Gloria Deus. I mean, we're all under the image of God. Amago Deo. And so by loving people, we show that we love God. It's by love. So what does this mean? Let me break it down. People matter. Everybody say it with me. People matter. Yes, people matter. Relationships matter. Say it with me. Relationships matter. In this closing chapter, you're wondering, what was PD going to preach on a bunch of names? People matter. Relationships matter. Give God the glory, people. How do we do that? I'll remind you one last time. Love God. Love people. Say it with me. Love God. Love people. I'm going to go ahead and dismiss parents. Parents, go ahead and go to the children's ministries. Get your kids and have the kids join us. Everybody join us out on the lawn in about seven, eight minutes from now, okay? Let me pray and then we'll sing a song and then the rest of us will gather out onto the lawn for baptism. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this wonderful book. What a, a, a art week, a, a piece of art that, that Paul has given us, the clear gospel. The gospel that teaches us that it's not by race, but by grace. It doesn't matter what family we're born into. Each of us will stand before you, a holy God, and give an account. So God, I pray that through the gospel, everyone here would know they could have peace with God. How? By having a time in their life when they confess their sins and trust you as Lord. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that Paul brings all attention to what Jesus did on the cross. And it's not about what we do because we can't earn it. It's about what he's done, that we have salvation. God, we're thankful for all these things. We're even thankful for a closing of a book and a, a, a time to say thank you to people and send thank yous from people. And we see a sweet relationship. Father, thank you for the blessing. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.